0: This is the Ridge Hunter Outdoors Podcast. Hey, everybody, this is episode 45. Got Nate Burgess and Scott Clark in here with me. Uh, I have three fourths of the whole crew back. So, we were just talking a little bit before we got started. Nate, you was doing some camera checking, Mm-hmm. seen a few younger bucks or several younger bucks, and then mm-hmm. nothing hardhorned yet. No. We were Not talking yet. about that a little bit too, but what do you got going on there? Uh, I mean, that's at the farm, right? Yep. Yeah.
1: Right there where they all need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, lots, of, lot, seriously, a lot of potential. Um, don't know where they might all end up. Uh, a couple of them look like they might have been more mature bucks, uh, maybe a four-year-old. Uh, but for the most part, all of them's young. Um, none of them are real mature, uh, for sure. But when they all shed velvet, I know they'll move around. Uh, I know they won't all stay there. I don't have enough bedding for them to all stay there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know they're feeding in the beans around their food plots. Hopefully will be taken off after this rain. Uh, and then I'll get something to keep maybe a few of them around there. But anyway, uh, lots of, uh, next year deer
0: potentially. Yeah. yeah That's what, uh, I got going on out there at- up at Tubbsy's place, at least that's what I had last year. So I'm hoping this year is what you're talking about for next year. There, we'll mm-hmm. have, should have some decent deer out there if they all stayed, or if they all didn't get shot. So yeah, and up there it'd be hard to tell because I don't exactly know who all hunts around there, and sometimes it's a revolving door on some of the neighbor properties. So yeah, I even if some of them got killed, I don't think I'd know about it. But yeah, uh, you're talking about them all being in velvet though, and asking if I'd seen any hardhorn or anybody that had any. And Rodney actually sent me a picture. Is He sent me it on August 31st. It was from before then. Mm-hmm. And he was already hard-horned, so I don't know. It's hard to tell in the picture whether he's got any velvet still hanging off or not. It doesn't really look like it. So he had yeah. it all shed for a little while, not shed, but yeah. it was all gone. All the velvet was gone. So that's Now, I'd seen one from... I think maybe Drury Outdoors had posted it mm-hmm. a couple of weeks before that from somebody. I don't know if it was from them or not that was hard horn, but that's about as early as I can remember seeing one. Yeah, That's definitely as early as I've seen one on camera of anybody I know.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been at least 10 years ago I had a uh, six-pointer. He was a big six-pointer, uh, but he was still probably a, a two- or three-year-old deer. But he was hard horn on, oct- on August 6th that was the earliest i've ever seen and he was i mean three weeks earlier than any of the other bucks he ran with
0: yeah that's really early
1: um i know that that doesn't happen uh all the time but that's the earliest that i ever had and and i remembered it you know right uh, august 6th
0: yeah uh have you checked your camera since the last I, time
2: well i checked it i had a i must have been a malfunction because i didn't have the pictures that i knew i should have had on there so i don't know if it was a card issue or what so i went and put another card in it I haven't talked to jeff i think he was going to pull he may just going to pull his today because he hasn't pulled it for a week he's sitting on some nice turkeys Mm -hmm. Uh, haven't seen a lot of bucks you know just a couple bucks then but he's pretty excited about some turkeys that seem to be pretty pretty regular there so
0: yeah he finally bought the five dollar (laughs) tag to shoot him this year but that one's the one picture that I saw with the beard dragging the ground was a nice bird. Yeah, he's got
2: that. That bird sticks around there, and the landowner actually says that that they've seen it too. So it's not like it's a fluke just flying through there. So he's mm-hmm. he's pretty excited about that.
0: Yeah, if he get in there on the ground with that crossbow, that'd be money. Yep. Because you didn't have wouldn't have to move, not up in the stand. Because the things are born looking up. It's so hard to kill them from a stand. But I think you have a pretty good chance at it, especially if it's that regular. I know he was. They were in there eating his food plot seed a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's what he was thinking. Happened most of it probably. But oh, you were talking about food plots coming up. When so I did the video. I don't remember what day that was now exactly, but uh, went out, sowed the oats, and it was supposed to rain that whole day basically, and it didn't till that night. But nothing. Had, The stuff that I had planted a couple weeks before that, that Southern Jubilee from Grandpa Ray's, had just barely started coming up, and it was real spotty, but I could tell that it was through the soil, you just couldn't really see it unless you really got to looking for it. So I planted the oats on that, and then that's when Jeff made the comment about it's a good thing the rain came in, because the doves were eating all the oat seed that Mm -hmm. was out there.
2: Yeah, I did get a few pictures of
0: that. Yeah. (laughs) And then I went back, we went back to look at it after the rain. What day was that? Thursday. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Thursday, maybe. And I had a whole bunch of radishes coming up and a little bit of buckwheat and stuff. So the stuff that's a little germinated a little earlier, I think, is coming up. It's starting to look like it's going to fill out pretty good. So mm-hmm. obviously really? the oats weren't yet because they just put them in the ground. But mm-hmm. I couldn't see any laying on top. So the rain did its job where the doves got to all of them uh. <laughs> before it rained. But no, I think I put plenty out there. So I think the rain probably did its job and buried them. So yeah, hopefully... Those will be coming up here in the next week or so. Mm -hmm. I'd say it probably looks a lot different today even than it did uh, when we went and checked that camera Thursday. So even three days or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. I guess it's Monday now. We were supposed to record this that night Mm -hmm. and had an interruption. Yeah. (laughs) So that's why this is coming out a little later. I guess I should apologize for that, first of all, because I would... It's been, I've been on time with it finally. It's been coming out like midnight on Monday, and then today it's going to be a little later obviously, but it's a holiday, so that'll be our excuse. (laughs) Um, No, that food plot was looking pretty good. Uh, You haven't checked yours. Have you got any, are you running your cell cameras on them yet? Mm
1: -mm, Not yet. Um, I need to get those things out. Um,
0: I was going to say you could kind of keep an eye on it from that. Correct. You're going to try to get them out pretty soon?
1: Yeah, um, I need to. Uh, they're very finicky, um, those five points. I can't bash on them for how cheap they are. Right. You, you, like every year so far, I've had to buy new SD cards, and you got to download the new, I think it's called firmware. Mm-hmm. you gotta, You got to do the update, get it on that card, and then in that camera. And the camera does whatever it does, and then updates, you know. Um, but every year, I've had to go buy new cards because it says that the old cards are, I don't know, I'm mm-hmm. not very smart with it, uh, but I I can figure it out. You know, it takes me a couple hours, but I but I get there. Yeah. Uh, so I can't bash on them cameras too much. Um, guys say if you buy a three or four hundred dollar camera that they do a lot easier. You know. hmm I'm sure they do. But uh, but these guys are pretty cheap and they're Didn't working have, okay. <laughs> yeah, two of them for that price.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I guess they had, need an update every year, and then you got to reformat the card for that update.
1: Something like you go on their website
0: and you download the newest.
1: I think they call it firmware, Mm -hmm. and then you get it on that card, that file on that card, and you put that card in that camera. Oh, okay. And then it, like, it knows that it's there somehow, Mm -hmm. and it does it, and the lights blink on there a certain way or something, Um, and then I'll sit there at home, and I'll make sure it's taking my picture and sending it to me, then I'll go put it on the trip, but it it takes me a long time to get it all figured out, Uh, but it works. It really does, Um, but once I get them up, I should be able to see how those plots are growing. Mm Mm-hmm. Without going out there and looking at them, um, Blake checked his one that's, uh, that was low. It had more moisture in the soil than any of the others when we seeded them.
0: You seeded them all the same day, right? Yeah. That's what yeah. We, I think we talked about that last time, maybe. So that Was yeah. that last weekend? Um, was I, this the first round?
1: Nah, this was... I think we seeded these things like sixteen days ago now, okay, um, and he's got some stuff up oh three or four inches, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but it had a lot of moisture in the soil when when the seed hit it, so um, they
0: were already probably through mm-hmm. they germinated from what soil moisture was there, yep
1: yeah, um I had one that was it's lower down there in the sprout patch, mm-hmm. um it's lower. I had some that was coming through when I checked my cameras eight days ago. Um, there was some had came up, not too much, but in the, in the lowest spots, mm-hmm. there was some that came up. Um, and then yesterday I drove up to that one uh ah, there's one that's real easy to get to. We just drove up in the truck and looked at it. Uh, and there was some stuff had started coming through clover. Um, it had two leaves on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's trying to grow, but it only had rain on it for like five or six days at that point. So, uh, I suppose that's where
0: you'd expect it to be. Yeah, probably. Did you roll all that? Yeah. You guys did? Yeah. Do <clears throat> you have a packer or that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Uh, one of those
1: Kiwanee mm-hmm. Um It does good. Um, I think it's like 12 foot. Uh, uh, pull it with a little tractor, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I borrow that from the neighbors. Uh, we got the Kultimulcher, but they got the tractor, you know. We don't have a tractor to pull it. <laughs> <So> <laughs> any... anyway.
0: Well, uh... you can just tie a yoke to it and get yep. a workout in.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we roll them in. Uh, I feel like uh, if you pack it, you get good soil seed contact, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we've always had good luck when we did that.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I, You'd be amazed at the amount of guys that up there at the show was asking about that, mm-hmm. whether or not we roll them. Yeah. And I told them about what I was telling you last time about the, just how it depends on the soil mm-hmm. and all that. I don't think I, I have rolled anything yet this year. Yeah. But most of what I worked, it I either didn't work it at all because there was enough soil to open it I figured it was going to do more harm than good with the weeds and mm-hmm. just turning the soil over or it was, it was heavy enough that I didn't really worry about it. Mm-hmm. And so far everything, good reports on everything. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yep. Um, I, uh, uh, a lot of times we would drag them, just drag them in, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with a couple of sections of Harrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like rolling them. I feel like it finishes it out pretty nice. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh but we got it there it's not too hard you yeah know, everything's i don't know three quarters of a mile from where the cult sits so yeah it's not it's not too hard to do it it
2: mm-hmm. seems like if you're dragging sometimes you can end up with heavy end rows and heavy turns mm-hmm. yeah you know you're dragging that some for whatever reason the seed collects on it next thing you know when it comes up you're a little sparse here and then yep. there's a big clump well that's where that you know that's where that drag turned around yeah. or whatever
1: mm-hmm. yeah
2: that's, um well. we tried uh
1: uh, that cultivator, it's got teeth that'll come down um, a little, sh- eh, I don't know. They're just tines mm-hmm. uh, and they rearrange the dirt just a little bit. And we tried to get to where those things just barely touched, you know, so it yeah. flipped just a little dirt over. Um, sometimes we try to use them, other times we don't. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like it if I had just a little bit of dirt on top of the seed, you know, Yeah. Uh, but some of these things worked up just about like flour, so Right. some of that was just really really loose soil um, I think just by dragging that thing over just rolling it uh, no teeth or anything I think it ripples the soil in front of that first uh that first gang you know coming through I think it ripples it just enough to where it, it flips it you know mm-hmm. and buries it just a little mm-hmm. um, but which anyway, is all you need yeah yeah all this stuff that's all you want yeah all
0: well, this stuff was real small seed yeah you know? that's where a lot of guys run into trouble and like talking up there that this well, like the cultipacking thing's big now on the Facebook group, so it was hinge cutting for a while, and then it was fire there for the longest time. And <laughs> now, and I think it's probably time of year has something to do with it too. But now it's everybody you gotta have a cultipacker if you are gonna do food plots, because if yeah. you don't, how are you even do a food plot? Yeah. <laughs> but they're like and everything, and I think a lot of guys run into trouble with get because some of those have those tines on them. You are talking about like a half inch long or mm-hmm. longer, and then if you've got soil that's already pretty solid mm-hmm. or pretty heavy, and then you pound that push that seed down in a half inch or an inch if you're talking about clover or some of those grass because you're too deep yep which is a, we're about the worst thing you can do for them but yep anyway no that was one of the kind of common questions we had at the show but i don't guess i've talked to you since we've been up there mm-hmm. or we haven't really talked about it much either but uh rod went with me mm-hmm. I think you knew that so he went up and helped me at least talked to some people we met several people that Gonna be future guests on the podcast. Yeah, uh, one guy from the Wild Turkey Federation, and then a guy from this Adventure Sports Outdoors magazine, which is kind of a local deal. He's from Illinois, and it's kind of more local focused mm-hmm. on stuff that goes on like Southern Illinois, all, well, all through Illinois really. So we'll probably have him on at some point, and we might like where we do out of the other magazines. Mm-hmm. We'll probably try to work out of his some, yeah, you know, and do that. And then uh, we were right next to the Publicly Challenged podcast, which they're, I think after hearing him, I could do his, I probably could have ran his booth for him. <laughs> they were a, uh, what do you say, fishing, foraging, and hunting, fishing, and foraging podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what he does. They're just just a podcast and all that. And he yeah. was selling stickers and some T-shirts and stuff, and then promoting the podcast. But we talked to him. We'll probably have him on at some point too. Maybe talk about some public land stuff. Mm-hmm. He hooked me up with a couple guys that we could potentially have on about land management and then just hunting in general. So got several guests that we'll get lined up. So that'll be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked to a couple guys that we'd had on before, not at the show, but here recently. That about trying to have them on again. But I did meet our second place finisher from the big buck contest last year. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of. He came up to the booth and like I almost kinda recognized him but didn't really know who he was. And he said, Canyon? Uh, I wanted to say who's asking <laughs> you know. <laughs> said, yeah, that's me. And then he told me who he was. Okay. But I told him you weren't allowed to be in it this year, so maybe yep. he'd have a chance to win. <laughs> <laughs> the ringer wasn't in it. Uh. <laughs> so, no. Well and speaking of that, we're doing that again too. Got the it's all set up on the website now. Mm-hmm. And you just saw the Air rifle today. It's yes. in. That'll be the first prize to do that or $500 cash. So yeah. it'll be, the prizes are not as high value this year, but it's also only 20 bucks to enter it. So mm-hmm. the entry fee has gone down. And then we are still going to do like three prizes though. So, mm-hmm. and the two favorite bucks, which mm-hmm. we'll get to vote on if they come in. Last year we had a default winner for one of those because I think of the all the guys that registered for the event, we had four. Five bucks turned in, two by one guy. Mm-hmm. So, and his second one got him into third place. But yeah, uh, so we're doing that again. That registration will be open through the end of September. So this year it's just going to be September first to September thirtieth. And if you're not registered by then, well, you have to wait till next year. Mm-hmm. So have to be pre-registered for that. Uh, it's on the website ridgehunteroutdoors.com and then big buck contest. I think is the link at the top of the page, and you can go see that. But like I said it's only twenty bucks, and then. That air rifle, it's a Benjamin AC, no PCP Armada 22 caliber. Shoots like 1,100 feet a second. It's got a pretty nice scope on it, a bipod. I think a guy could put a hurting on some squirrels and possums and raccoons. Or yep. Tin cans or bird, blackbirds <laughs> or crows or whatever is legal.
2: Yep. It's <laughs> definitely an assault air rifle. It is. That's right.
0: It's borderline illegal. I'm surprised yes. they let me go pick it up and bring it across county lines. <laughs> But, yeah, no, I thought it was a decent little air rifle, though. Mm -hmm. When I say little, it's actually pretty good size. Yeah. Pretty substantial. Yeah. Kind of heavy, but that's what the bipod's for, I guess. Yep. So, no, we're going to do some videos on that. I think we'll get that out and shoot it at... We'll find something to shoot it at and do some videos for that. But uh, back to the show. Another thing I saw that was interesting up there, which I don't know if we'd talked about it uh, with Lyle about his 3D range, and he was talking about wanting to have a moving target when we were up there. Yeah. But there's a company that has an indoor version and an outdoor version that you stick the 3D target on and it's just this little box with tires and you can drive it around with remote control so you have a moving target, 3D target. Yeah. Or they make hitches for them where you can do like those uh, ATV uh, mowers and stuff, like Mm -hmm. a finish mower or a little brush cutter that has the... uh, motor on it and everything so it's not pto or anything like that but they've got hitches on them and you can gps program in it program it into the system and that thing will just drag it around and mow for you and all that so you can mow your yard or your food plots or whatever huh you just put the gps coordinates in like they do the tractors now Uh hit start and it'll go mow your food plot for you huh yeah it's it was an interesting little deal and i i have to see if i can find the name of it but no i was thinking we were talking about that we were talking about lyle wanting one of those for the 3d thing wanting mm-hmm. a moving target
1: i think so i know some guys that rigged up they had a turkey target on a clothesline
2: <laughs> that they stretched through the woods yeah well, years ago we did that uh, uh, jeff fry as a matter of fact oh uh, really you guys hey, had <laughs> yeah he's the one that had fishing pole so you you put the turkey on a cable yeah and you had, of course, you had to have a substantial place for the guy to hide, because yep. you never <laughs> you only had a small window to shoot from. Yeah, the guys would pull up, and Jeff had a fishing line, and a rod and reel hooked up to the turkey. Yeah. So when you when he let it go, the turkey would slide down the cable, yep. and the guys would have had a short window to shoot it. And then when it got to the end of it, well, then Jeff would reel it back in with the fishing line. Yep. And then for the next guy to shoot. Yep. Oh yeah. Substantially
0: cheaper than these things, I'm guessing. But well, this is uh It depends. Jeff could <laughs> drink a little beer each time. <laughs> this is uh specialized robotic solutions. So their their banner says multi arrow, multi multi-range without the walkout. So that's their other big selling thing. Like you could shoot the target and then drive it back to you without having to walk in and get your arrows. Oh man. Yeah. I need this thing. <laughs> There's the their booth. Huh. And that big, that big one there with the wheels on it mm-hmm. was their off-road version. He's talking about with uh, putting the mower on and all that GPS and that stuff in. But I thought it was interesting. And I thought those things got to be pretty thick steel on there because you know they're getting shot. Yeah. <laughs> and I would think airless tires. I mean, yeah. You'd have to have a solid tire on that. <laughs> Knowing the guys that I shoot with. It would probably end up, well, you'd either end up buying some tires or end up with an arrow through the computer or that thing and catch it on fire.
1: He's like, oh, no, I shot your box again.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oops.
0: Yeah. Not that Jeff would do that either if he was the only one there. Or a light. Apparently, he shot a light out at the archery shop. Well, maybe we told that story before, too, but.
1: I, I, uh, oh, back when I decided I wanted a lighter, uh trigger on my caliper release uh i bet you i was only 15 or 16 i saw i'd had a set screw there and i thought "Ah, that's what that's for and i started backing that thing off by the second time i pulled it back that thing let go most of the way drawn you know and i hit one of those uh light guards up there at that place where i was shooting mm-hmm. and uh that guy in there whoa what happened he came running out there and i'm standing there black dust from that arrow you know yeah i had to tell him well i thought i knew what i was doing he said yeah tighten that down and don't mess with it again that's a good idea uh
0: i was i don't know if i was with tubsy might have been we were hunting and i had a just one of those velcro strap wrist strap releases to caliper like you're talking about index release and it was probably on its last legs at that time, and a doe walked by, and it was late in the morning, like 9 or 10 o'clock, and we hadn't shot anything that year, and hadn't seen any deer that day, It's like, yep, this is happening, and it was like 50 yards, probably, and I'm... Drawn down on this dough, and I get about all the way back, and that release breaks because I used to shoot with my hand open or whatever. I wouldn't hold on to it, and mm-hmm. the wrist strap broke, and it Ooh. made the god awfulest noise <laughs> and smacked the riser on my bow. and The arrow went flying, <laughs> tracked pretty good, but it didn't make it all the way there. But no, I was that was pretty bad. I was like, I had no, no idea what happened at the time until I looked down and realized that I still had my wrist strap on, and there was no release in my hand. Yep, yeah, it flung it off the string. Left a big mark on the riser of the bow. Yeah, it was a, quite the ordeal. <laughs> Needless to say, the deer ran off. Yep. Yeah, it made a lot of noise. But uh, have you always shot the index release? I've
1: got a thumb release. I don't like it.
0: Yeah. Is yeah. it back tension or is it just nah, the thumb? Just a thumb. Okay. Yeah,
1: I shot a back tension two or three times. I thought, nah, I don't need that thing. Um, I know they make you a decent shot, but I, I can't, I can't do it. I.
0: Uh, for target shooting i think it'd be nice and a lot of guys use them to hunt with Mm -hmm. and i've thought about it but to me it's like i need to know when that thing's going
1: me too i i have target panic i know i have target panic um uh so far i ain't been able to get over it i know that that's a release that's supposed to help you get over it Mm -hmm. Mm, i ain't there yet (laughs) i just I, i never could shoot a back tension
2: but i never did target shoot real serious like the guys that have them
1: yeah
0: With that, there's a lot of guys hunting with them now. I just, Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to be the one breaking the shot, not, because I get being surprised by it's going to be a little smoother and everything, and you're pulling back through it and all that, Mm -hmm. so your form's better or whatever, but, and like you said, it does make you a better shot, but, man, if I'd. Wanting to go, wanting to go, wanting to go, and then all of a sudden that leg moves back. Mm-hmm. And now I've got the scapula or whatever right in the way. Yeah. At that, But the, is, the release decides it's time to go.
1: Yeah. Or a hinge. I've shot a hinge more than I've shot a back tension. Mm-hmm. Uh, a hinge with a click in it uh, was always the best. Uh, I did better with it, but I still didn't like it. You yeah. know, um, you're trying to get that thing rolled through there. And then all of a sudden it'd pop right there in your ear, you know, Mhm. <laughs> <laughs> tense up like a bird dog on point. And yeah. I just, nah, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I think I've got a true fire hardcore, uh, index finger release and I do like it. Okay. It's fairly smooth. Um, I, I like it. Okay. Um, that thumb release, I want to like it, but I don't, mm-hmm. I just, I just don't,
0: uh, as long as you're not punching the trigger, I think the index fingers are right mm-hmm.
1: too. And I, I can get down. I can touch that trigger, mm-hmm. you know. I ain't, I ain't slapping it, right? Uh, but I, uh, yeah, I've got target panic bad. I really do.
0: And there's some high level guys, we we'll call them, that use the index finger release too. So it's not um, like, I think a lot of people get caught up in seeing the, some of the more famous guys yeah, using all the back tension and everything. Man, yeah, that's what you got to do. But there's, it's more about comfort than anything. Yeah. Which is most of archery. I think a lot of it being a good shot, if you're not comfortable, you're not going to shoot well. We're talking about needing to get out and shoot Lyle's 3D course too. Mm-hmm. So you had to get your bow out and shoot it one of these days.
2: I never was that good at 3D targets. I'm not
0: either, but it's kind of fun to go out and shoot so, something different than just shooting at the target in the backyard.
1: As long as I can find my arrows.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the only thing that makes me nervous about it is because last time we went, we had four guys shooting, and... I don't have an unlimited amount of arrows. We don't have an arrow sponsorship, so <laughs> I'm still buying all my own, whether they're at dealer price or not. That's still money. So, uh, you know, if you shoot first, you're just <laughs> taking a gamble that those other three guys aren't going to split your arrow on accident. Yep. Fortunately, I was uh most of the time didn't hit it good enough to worry about at least two of the other guys. <laughs> but. Huh. Oh, Roger, I don't know. How it was. <laughs> he he might have been right behind me on some of my shots. He could have hit mine pretty easy. But <laughs> No, it was a pretty good little course, really. It's a mantelope yep. and some deer, maybe a groundhog or two. Yeah. No Sasquatch or anything like that that I remember. Huh. Mountain lion. But, yeah, we'll have to go do that before the season starts. Yep. I'd like to go do it anyway again. Uh, have you shot much at all yet? No. No? Not at all. <laughs> you only know, got about a month.
1: Oh, it's pitiful. Pitiful. Yeah.
0: Here's what it is: guy gets busy, I guess. Right. I was doing pretty good there for a while. Yeah. And then I haven't shot in a couple of weeks now, probably. But have you shot since last year? I was trying to remember. No, I haven't. I still got one bow that I need to get tuned that we were messing with last year, and decided one of the cams was out or out of time, and get some strings put on it i really i probably do for strings on my other bow too but i haven't got any for it but they seem to be doing okay keep them waxed so no it's just still shooting good though i thought i was telling you i was thinking about the new bear mm-hmm. the hunting public bow it's i think it's the adapt
1: yeah
0: it's just a single cam nothing real fancy about it it's pretty like 55 to 70 pound limbs is the higher option on it so it's pretty adjustable it's mm-hmm. supposed to be real easy to tune like 330 feet a second, so it's not like the big speed bow. Of course, single cam, it's mm-hmm. not bad. but Yeah. No, I thought about doing that, but I think I'll just stick with what I got for now. I'm going to have to buy a new shotgun for duck season, so. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, remind me to tell you about uh, decoys when we get done. Okay. I can't say it on here because it's top secret stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. don't want anybody knowing about it. Not that people already don't, but, yeah, I'll tell you about that, so anyway uh
2: top secret
0: well tier mid-tier secret at least okay. <laughs> at least the middle secret okay yeah but. so what else is going on
1: oh not too much
0: <laughs> getting any got anything else to get ready for the season
1: i need to check all the stands I still um, have to do that, too. I actually got, uh, I was telling you about it one of them tower blinds. I got one of them. Did you get one? Yep. It's in three boxes in the back of the truck right now. Oh, boy. Yep. That's that, going to be fun to put together.
0: Are going to be your project today or is that another day kind of thing? Maybe. I yeah. don't know.
1: I'm off tomorrow, too. Oh, uh, are you? Yep. Oh,
0: that's right. Tuesday, that's your regular day yep. off.
1: Um, but yeah. we'll pro- probably be grain binning tomorrow. Um, we pretty much got uh, this last one built. Mm-hmm. Uh, got to get the floor in it still. Uh, but anyway, um, when I was coming down here, I saw a guy that had his combine sitting in the edge of the field. Um, it's still that they still ought to give it a couple of weeks, you know. But a lot of them yeah. guys, uh, like I know down at Carmi, they're shelling. They've mm-hmm. been shelling for like a week down there. Um, I thought somebody between Fairfield and Albion was shelling.
0: Yeah, they seem to do. There's a couple guys over there that go pretty early. Um, I mean, we're like every three, year
1: we're like three weeks late this year you know later than normal. well it depends later on if they, year
0: if they some guys got it in before the rain i think mm-hmm. and then we had all that rain in the spring like you're talking about there was yep. a lot of guys that were later Yep,
1: or they just planted in the mud
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. or yeah. just went to beans i know one guy we know uh they decided just it got late enough they just mm-hmm. decided to put everything in beans so they didn't yep. do any corn at all this year yeah yeah, uh, Joe was telling us there the other day that they were getting close. Yeah. To shelling. So. Yeah. You anyway. yeah, know,
1: like some of these guys, man, they're they're just shelling it however soon they can and drying it. You know. Yeah.
0: Well, they got a lot of guys have dryers now. hmm That seems to be a big thing.
1: Some of them got enough corn. They just they got a starter, else they'll never get done. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that's a thing too.
0: And some of them don't care. They just shell corn in November. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is not great for hunting yeah but so you're putting up a grain bin tomorrow yep when you're gonna it, it's t- up it's up and or hanging are you pu- on it's on up it. and
1: hanging on the jack stands um we're waiting for
0: uh big wind storm or
1: Nah, there's Um, <laughs> uh, we do have it anchored down it is anchored but not completely we don't have the seal on the bottom he's waiting on those parts to come in mm-hmm. um but we did go ahead and anchor down but it's still hanging on the jack stands too it's uh it won't go anywhere um but uh, we got to get that in, then get the floor in and everything. Um, set some uh, fans and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's been a big project the last couple of weeks. Um, working on one of the combines. Um, but yeah, it's as late as everything's going to be this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're still probably a month away from doing uh, any field work, I think. Yeah. Uh, some of those early beans might be coming around though. Um, I've seen some bean fields turning quicker than some of the corn looks like it's drying mm-hmm. but anyway yeah it's uh october i'm not going to be hunting much in october i'm going to be we'll yeah. be in the field
0: yeah uh corn there is just starting to turn a little bit a little some bit a little bit the beans look still look really good well the corn looks good too there's a couple of places where it's kind of short but the beans they're they got some they're putting beans. on yeah quite a bit or they mm-hmm. have put on quite a bit they're not turning yet but we planted all that at the same time so I forget. I think it was April, maybe. But anyway. No, you're talking about this blind you got. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you say what it is?
1: Uh, it is a Radix. Uh, Radix? Radix? I don't know how you say it. R A D I X. Let's we'll look it up. Um, yep. Uh, I think they're out of Iowa. Um, five foot or 10 foot platform. It is a soft blind. Mm-hmm. Um, they look pretty nice. I got in one before I bought it. Uh, there's a guy up the road here. He's going to be a dealer um uh not a bad price uh 1200 plus tax on that Mm -hmm. um
0: considerably cheaper than the hard blinds
1: correct but i mean it's just as big as a hard blind yeah um very sturdy Mm -hmm. like i got up in there the first thing i did was get up in there and shake like Mm -hmm. an ape you know (laughs) see if i could make it make noise or rock yeah and it did not um, I was very impressed with that. Mm-hmm. I figured I'd get up in the thing and it'd creek and you know sound like an old house. It, it did not. Um, so yeah, it, I'm I'm pretty excited. Yeah, uh, a guy could put a heater up there. It's not going to be as tight as a as a hard blind for sure. Um, but still, I think a guy could put a heater up there if he oh, wanted yeah, to. Oh yeah, it'll hold some heat now. Yep. Um, the uh, the material feels real heavy. Um, yeah, it's
0: almost like a canvas. Yeah. Or uh. Yeah.
1: I think it'll last.
0: Kaylee's super excited. Mm-hmm. Oh, she
1: wants to know what kind of big chair she can have in there. <laughs> yeah. um, Absolutely.
0: Put her recliner in there.
1: Yep. Uh, it's got stakes and then a big cable. Um, you cable it down in the middle with a great big old stake with a screw on the end of it. You, mm-hmm. know, you, you bore that thing in the ground, and then you put a cable on there with a turnbuckle. Suck it down hard, and then you stake it. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it, it's solid. It honestly is solid.
0: Oh. Uh, they were up there at the show. And I stopped and looked at a couple of theirs and yeah, I was not that's not the type of blind I was expecting it to be, but it feels Mm -hmm. like it ought to be pretty durable. Yep. You know, like they ought to last a while. Yep. So you could probably leave it out there longer than your typical ground blind.
1: Yeah. They say uh I think they say three to five seasons on the covers. Um covers aren't expensive. You can buy more covers. Um comes with the floor in it and everything. Uh every piece of steel is powder coated. Uh, mm-hmm. i mean it it looks pretty nice and it, i couldn't i never ever got it to creak or pop or anything when i was rocking around on it because I, I was just sure it would it didn't
0: yeah the some of the guys that i worked for last fall had basically just regular blinds up on the, a similar type of stand mm-hmm. and they had left them up for the whole year yeah they were no longer blinds it was no. more like a kite when they got back <laughs> to it yeah but i was thinking about doing that there at the cabin because they don't really have a good tree for that second food plot I got that ground blind. I'm thinking about just building a platform for it mm-hmm. out of wood, like five feet, four or five feet tall, mm-hmm. and just being up a little bit in that blind. And then obviously I'll have to find a way. I'll have to tie it down to the stand somehow, like the platform. But then and then take it down at the end of the season. But it's no big deal. But yeah, yeah. I think if you're looking for something more permanent and you don't want to spend the money on the solid blind, that mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see once yeah. you get it out there and use it. But it seems like yeah. a pretty good idea.
1: You could buy three of these things before you could buy one of those big, you know... Like a
0: Muddy or uh Yeah. What's the other big one? Redneck, Muddy, yeah.
1: Banks, yeah. Uh, 360s.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Speaking of 360s, have you seen the Rhino 360 blinds?
1: Like the see-through? Yeah, where you can yeah. see all around.
0: Yep. It's like a two-way yep. material on it. So you sit on the inside of it and you can look out and you can see out all... All the way around, 360 mm-hmm. degrees, but you can't see in it. So it's kind of cool. Uh, you keep all your windows up that yep. you don't need to shoot out of and still see out. Yep. I thought about, because one of the distributors that I can get stuff from gets them, and I thought about trying one of those, mm-hmm. even up on that platform, but I don't want to spend the money on it yet mm-hmm. or not. It seems like a good idea.
1: Yeah, I but, have no idea how they do that.
0: I wonder how many guys shoot through those things not remembering <laughs> that they're in a blind. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the different backdrops. If it's
2: true, truly, you can't see through it. Like if you on get the, it up in
0: the air and you can see yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to see the sunlight through Depend it.
2: Depend on where the sun's at, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can't see through it on this side, but you can because of the sunlight's shining through it mm-hmm. on this side or something.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's possible. I don't know how that works, but it's a cool idea. Yeah. Uh, the one I got is supposed to be a two-man blind, and you could get one guy in there with a bow and another guy with a camera. It would be kind of tight but mm-hmm. the the Radix or whatever it is, however you pronounce it, seemed like, I forget what size they were, but they seemed pretty sizable. Like, you they're could get big. two guys in there pretty easy. Yeah,
1: they're big. Uh, they're not.
0: Are they five foot across?
1: I think they're six. Are they six? I, I was, didn't know if they were six or not. They're they're big. They might be. Um, me and Rodney were up in there together. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy that sells them, we were up in there together. Um, plenty of room. Uh... A guy would absolutely be able to shoot a bow in there with another guy, no problem. Mm -hmm. Um, I was standing up, I wasn't ducking or anything, you know. Uh, Curious how, of course, uh, uh, the lower you are, um, uh, being up in the air, you got to have a lot of adjustability to shoot that bow. You know, Mm -hmm. you got to be able to get down real close to you, but then all the way, like with the, yeah, Um, I mean, sitting on the ground. You only need a vertical adjustment of two or three inches to cover your whole range, you know, from 10 yards to 50, yeah. you know. Yep. Uh, but being up in the air, you got to have a, a lot of room to mm-hmm. do that, you know. That won't be a problem with this thing.
0: Uh, yeah, it's got pretty good-sized windows you've on it. got the room. And it's got, yep. uh, this has the vertical windows too or not? Yeah. I was thinking it did. Um,
1: four horizontal, four vertical.
0: Yeah, and even the horizontal ones are big enough to shoot a bow out of. They are. Yeah.
1: Yep. Um, and how I'm gonna have it where I'm gonna have it there, I will only really be shooting out of uh, half of the blind because mm-hmm. um, I will not have a shot behind me uh, where I'm gonna be at on that food plot on right. the edge of that thicket. Um, it, uh, I'm really excited. I think it's gonna work. Yeah. Um, I hope the deer don't freak out when they see it. You know.
0: And even if they do it the first time or two, you know. Yep. Yeah, they'll get used to
1: it. Um, as
0: long as there's nothing up there shooting at them the first. Time or two.
1: Yep. Yeah, slinging arrows immediately. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, also up there at the the show, the working class guys were up there and they put on the after party and whatnot. And I don't think they had the turnout they wanted for it. The uh, there wasn't as many people stuck around because really it was a pretty good show as far as people go. It was well it was Saturday morning was pretty good, like, until about noon. It was about like Iowa was. Mm-hmm. But where Iowa was like that all day, both days, it was only like that till about noon, 1 o'clock. And then after that, it was just pretty slow with people. And there was a small influx at about 5 o'clock, you know, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. But then there, the show closed at 8. And then they had their after party afterwards, and there just weren't that many people left over there. Uh most of the people who stayed were vendors mm-hmm. or exhibitors. So but no, it was a pretty good show though. They did a good job putting it on. They had uh the what's his first name? Huff. That shot the big buck over there in Indiana. Dustin. Dustin, yeah. 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 So apparently he's a musician as well. So mm. he played guitar and played a few of his original songs, just acoustic and it was pretty good. And then mm-hmm. of course they had his buck up there on the stage with him. Yeah. And that's yeah, was it up there in Iowa when we were there? I thought the horns were. Maybe that's right. They hadn't got it done yet.
1: No, I think they did. I think they did. I take I can't that back. remember. I think it was there somewhere. Did we see it? I think we did.
0: Was it with the big buck?
1: No, I thought they had it in the exhibit hall. You may be right. I thought they had it in somebody's booth.
0: Yeah, I think it was. But anyway, seeing that thing in person is... hmm Yeah. Even from... Back looking at it up on the stage, you could tell just how wide and heavy and tall that thing is. Anyway, I can't imagine what it looked like walking through the woods. Oh, man. He said he named it Moose when he saw it walking through the woods at him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if that was the only time he saw it or what, but that was an appropriate name. Yeah. So anyway, he played some music, and he was pretty good. And then a guy named Cody Christian came on after him, and uh, me and Rod ended up leaving early so we could go eat supper because... A lot of places close kind of early around there, even on the weekends. But anyway, it was I thought it was a good little show they did. They had one of those, like, semi-trailer stages. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen one of those? Mm-hmm. So it opens up on one side and got the roof on it, uh, which it was basically a metal box pulled up to the into a metal box. So not the best for sound quality, but it was a good show either way. So yeah. I thought they did a good job. Did a good job with that. Hopefully they have more people show up next year, but. Maybe you'll get to going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'll do it next year. But I was uh, pretty impressed with the show overall, especially yep. for being canceled the last two years and people showing up. Now, the guy next to us said the Deer and Turkey show, which is what Jeff was talking about in Peoria that they used to have all the time Well, they quit doing it, which is why they started the Deer and Beer Fest. And then when they didn't have the Deer and Beer Fest last year, they brought back the Deer and Turkey Classic in March and he said there were just people lined up out the door, hmm. all over that place for yeah. that show. Yeah. So, my if it doesn't fall in the same weekend or as Iowa, mm-hmm. we might try to go to that one too next mm-hmm. year. It's like it might be pretty good. I would like to try to go to more of those just to promote this, mm-hmm. if nothing else. But you no, know, he said it was it would be worth going to. Yeah. So as long as it's not falling out, because I think it'd be hard to beat that show. Yeah. It's a little more expensive to set up and stuff, but for the amount of people that are there. It probably evens out but you know we had we did good at up there too the Sunday was pretty busy in the morning uh well I say in the morning really about midday like after church about eleven to one o'clock was pretty good it slowed down after that but <clears throat> more people more more interest on Sunday I guess mm-hmm. they said a lot of the people were kind of avoiding there were two different crowds basically like if you wanted to come do the whole more of the beer fest than the deer fest you were there on saturday (laughs) and if you want to do more of the deer fest you were there on sunday so yeah it was kind of a good mix of two different crowds and different people coming in and out but no we got got some of the word out on the scent and -hmm. then the podcast obviously i was wanting to hopefully record something while we were there but i didn't make rodney do that (laughs) so and i didn't make him stand up there by himself while i recorded something so we didn't do that but that was a good show i got hopefully several new listeners hopefully they are listening to us babble right now so i told everybody if it sucks just to let us know so that still goes if this sucks then just leave us a comment on youtube or uh, send us an email or i think i don't know if you can leave anything on spotify or not but you can always email us or get on the website and say hey your podcast sucks do something different but which is kind of what we're gonna do we're gonna have some more guests on i think that's good so yep. some interesting guys like i said that we found up there but that's pretty much all I got for today, unless you got anything else you want to talk about. All right. Again, sorry for the late episode on this holiday, but we're going to get it up. And if you want to support the podcast, go to RidgeHunterOutdoors.com. You can find all of our stuff there that I was talking about with the deer scent. Uh, the Buck Tarsal Spray, which is in stock. we got some of the doe tarsal spray in stock. The Boot Spray and... The calming spray will be in stock hopefully around the first week in October and you can get that then. Uh, We talked about it last time, but you were using the calming spray last Mm -hmm. year. Had some pretty good luck with it. Yep. I used it a little bit. It's similar to the Mm Evercalm that you see, but this is all natural stuff. So just like the deer sense, it's all natural and all that. So you can go on there. You can also get t-shirts and hats or whatever. Support us that way. We're hopefully going to have some new stuff coming out here in the next couple months as well gonna have some more time to focus on this and uh, what we're doing here so that'll help the other ways you can support is going to Rax big game supplements uh, their website raxmineral.com. they're a veteran-owned company out of northeast Nebraska um, just regular deer hunters who developed uh, their racks products through years of research and they came up with what we kind of think are some of the best mixes available that help improve your herds overall health while not feeding non-target species like the raccoons. So they've got the they've got protein blocks, minerals, pelletized feed, meal feed, all specifically designed for whitetails. And if you want to go and get that stuff, you can use our discount code RHO22 at checkout and get 5% off your order. So it at least save you some stuff on shipping because that stuff's not cheap right now, especially the heavier bags and stuff. And then if you don't want to pay for shipping at all, just stop in the shop here in town and you can see what we have in stock or order what we don't. Um, obviously that's for the out of state guys. Cause we can't use that stuff here in Illinois. So the other sponsor we got who we had with us up there at the show. And if you guys stopped by the booth, uh, you saw them grandpa Ray outdoors. We talked to several people about them, handed out some pamphlets and stuff. Um, hopefully helped him out a little bit. He specialized. John is the guy up there at grandpa Ray's. We had him on episode. I think it was 42. I'm not hundred percent sure of that, but you can go find it It's early forties. Um, He runs Grandpa Ray Outdoors, and they specialize in the best nutrition for whitetail deer on your property, starting with the soil. They've got a full line of high-quality food plot seed and plant foods. Uh, They were started in 2015, but John's been in the business since 1991, which we covered kind of in-depth on that episode. Uh, They've got over 14 different food plot blends to choose from, so you're not going to have any trouble finding what you're looking for, whether it's fall blends, spring blends, if you want grains, uh, switchgrass for screening. They've also got liquid fertilizers and soil test kits. You name it, they've got it. I'm going to try to start carrying some more of their stuff on hand as well for next spring. Um, They're not just about selling their products, though. They're answer any questions you got. And that's one of the biggest things I was telling guys up there at the show. Like, Even just from talking to John for that 45 minutes or whatever, you could tell he's a super knowledgeable guy. So I think if you had any questions about anything fluke plot related, you could ask him. And even if by some chance he didn't know, I think he has the resources where he could find the answer Mm -hmm. for you and get back to you. And I think he would, too. Yeah he seemed like that kind of guy. So like us, you know, he doesn't believe in the cookie cutter approach either. So he'll treat your, in your situation individually. He's not just going to tell you like, this is what you need to do. And this will bring big deer in no matter whether you're in Wisconsin or Georgia. So he's going to take everything into consideration, just kind of like what we do on our consultations and whatnot. Um, they're not about a fancy label or package. They're about good quality seed and taking care of their clients. We've used their seed blends, put a lot of their stuff in the ground this year. I don't know how many tens or hundreds of pounds of their seed that we put down but i'm excited about seeing it all come up everything we planted in the past has worked well and like you've got their stuff on your mm-hmm. your place this year so that'll be good to see hopefully we we'll get out there and do some videos on that yep. if you want to one of these days yep we can um and then we got all that coming up i got still got some stuff to plant at the cabin when i get all that going which finally done with deer heads so that's going to get done here in the next week or two with the rain holds out hopefully this week but anyway Go check those guys out, grapplerayoutdoors.com. You can use discount code RHOPODCAST. It's all lowercase, no space, to get ten per, or excuse me 5% off your order there as well. So, again, that'll help with shipping or it'll take a little bit off the top of some of that seed blend. And if you're looking for something you don't really know what you want and you don't really want to send an email or anything, John told us that one of his favorite blends is that Grains and Greens. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a pretty good mix. It's got, like, the rye, the wheat, the tritical, which is... a uh hybrid of the rye and the wheat and then he's got some brassicas in there as well i'm going to put some of that down and some of his frosty delight uh there at the cabin i put some of his inner sanctum down there at jeff's the southern jubilee i know you used, you've put down some inner sanctum and some mm-hmm. elite yep and uh, mass builder fall draw fall draw mass builder yep. yep. so several different things that we'll get to see yeah how they work and how much the deer like him and all that so yeah excited to see that as well and we'll share that stuff with you guys like on facebook or when we start doing the video again we'll get some pictures up maybe from trail camera pictures or something or mm-hmm. a deer in the plots and all that or if we do some video maybe we'll get to do some hunting again this year and have a little better luck than last year yep well, i went a bad hunt but maybe we'll get to see some bucks out yeah <laughs> uh, not just the rear end yes right at first daylight, but anyway you won't hold out on me and you'll kill the deer on camera instead of waiting two weeks yes <laughs> now anyway go check them out uh that's all i got for this week guys Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you again next Monday.